You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party. Power to the people. And that's what we need, power to the people. Welcome to a special edition Cheery Economist show today. This is the radio show that will be a report. As we look at our uh, negative gearing petition, it is building on change.org.au. Check out the links uh, via the show notes today on earthsharing.org.au or if you're online now, go to prosper.org.au and you'll see it uh, flipping through up the top there. Uh, again, negative gearing has been in the news. Uh, more and more concern about the uh, billions of dollars, providing a subtle subsidy to uh, those who already own property to outbid the rest of us, trying to find a roof over our heads. And uh, it was quite something to see on Q&A this week. Uh, Duncan, who uh, asked this question, I'm going to play for you now. I've got a disability. I've got a disability and a low education. That means I've spent my whole life working on for minimum wage. You're going to lift the tax-free threshold for rich people. If you lift my tax-free threshold, that changes my life. That means that I get to say to my little girls, Daddy's not broke this weekend, we can go to the pictures. Rich people don't even notice their tax-free threshold lift. That's right. Why don't I get it? Why do they get it? Yeah. I'm going to start with Cassandra Gordon. We have increased for 500,000 Australians the ability to no longer be in the second highest tax bracket, to go from 80 to 87. That's true. But in the budget before that, we actually continued to give people carbon tax compensation for those under 80,000 when in fact there was no carbon tax and we got rid of it. So it's all about balance and we believe we're making appropriate choices that are balanced. We have a progressive tax system. But Those for people primarily who earn more, for, pay more for tax. people earning more than $80,000 a year. That's so, what you're really so, talking about. Four, $4 billion a year so that the top 25% of income earners can get $6 a week. It's you know sandwich and milkshake tax cut without the milkshake and so that the top 25% of earners get a tax cut. That's $4 billion less to put in to yeah. job creation programs or schools and hospitals. And if you ask most people in this country, would you rather the top 25% of income earners get a tax cut or would you rather we put the money into making Australia more equal? I know what most Adam, people do. Adam, I'm just going to go back to our question. Uh, uh, now, Duncan, you heard what the Minister had to say. Do you have a response to that? Yeah, it's exactly that. To rich people, it's a Coke and a milkshake That's or whatever. Right. To me... It, changes my children's life. It means that my children have $7,000 more money yes. every year so, to live on. That's right. Low-income earners lose more money because every penny we pay in tax is a, a just... It's, that's money we don't have to spend at the bottom end. People so, who make $80,000 a year don't know who they are. Well, they don't even notice it, love. We notice that sort of stuff. So there we have Duncan on Australia's uh, 
Q&A, a panel, a political panel held on Monday nights and it's been fantastic to see it break in the news today that a crowdfunding campaign has been uh, launched to buy Duncan a toaster, which was another part to the, the gaffe that uh, Assistant Finance Minister Kelly O'Dwyer made, who you heard her trying to fluff her way through the answer to his very real question. And so uh, she was talking about tax write-offs for $6,000 toasters well, uh, someone put up a crowdfunding um, campaign to buy Duncan a toaster and they said six grand is the limit and it's now reached over $20,000 in 24 hours. So it's fantastic that the people can come to each other's assistance now with these online mediums. But what uh, concerns me is that uh, it should not be the everyday person who's providing uh, that money. Uh, Duncan must feel like one of the property owners who are gifted thousands of dollars each day by people they don't know. Community members trying to make their neighbourhood location location the place to be. That's where the budget shortfall should come from, from our never-ending land bubble. So uh, that is the big ticket equation and today on the show we're going to step through how uh, the poor the renters are missing out on the cake how renters are missing out on the cake because uh, you've heard me talk about Australian land values increasing by 525 billion dollars last financial year well of that 525 billion dollar increase the rural community only got to enjoy $2.3 billion of that handout. For, for two-thirds of those that community who own their own home, or part of it, uh, they only benefited $2.3 billion. Commercial property owners only benefited by $19.3 billion. But it's the residential, that's where this hidden tax haven underneath our feet, uh, the, the land upon which we stand, increased $509 billion last year. And when you consider there are 9.6 million homes in the nation, that equates to a $53,000 free gift for every property owner on average. So for those who are renting, I'm sorry, you're missing out on that cake. Today during the show, we are going to uh, look into uh, this equation and consider why this is so systemic and what can be done about it. So let's now go to a clip from Fred Harrison. Uh, This is uh, from a YouTube called Ricardo's Law, The Great Tax Clawback. I explain in my book, Ricardo's Law, that progressive taxes actually have the opposite effect. The rich people who live in these homes complain that they pay a lot in taxes and they do pay a great deal of money to the government, but the government pays it all back to them. How do they do this? Governments spend our taxes on infrastructure, such as schools and hospitals, and that raises the productivity of the economy. Now, because of the way the market economy works, those gains are crystallized as land values and these then surface as windfalls or capital gains in the property market. Those capital gains are not shared out equally among all of us. Taxpayers who rent their homes, for example, are excluded. The windfalls are pocketed by people who own land. 
the rise in property values more than offsets the taxes they pay into the public purse. So who then pays for the public services that the rich people use? The families on the lowest incomes. So there we go, Duncan, I'm sorry, mate, but uh, basically triple the income taxes uh, anyone pays uh, who owns property is returned to them in capital gains during just three years of a property bubble. So it is absolutely immense. And uh, in the domain today, uh, it's the title was Melbourne's Most Searched Suburbs for Buying and Renting. And anyone out there listening internationally on our podcast service, a big hello to you. Uh, what I'm talking about today can apply anywhere. And in uh, these top 20 most searched suburbs for renters, Melbourne was number one, two Brunswick, three South Yarra, four Richmond. Basically, the inner circle surrounding the city, uh, St Kilda, Carlton, Paran, Elwood, Northcote, Fitzroy, Footscray, Abbotsford, Docklands, Elbert Park, Camberwell, Southbank, North Melbourne, Collingwood, Brunswick East make up the top 20. Well, there was nothing in there about Preston, was there? Well, we'll get to that. But let's have a look at uh, Brunswick, the number two most searched suburb. It's uh, the home of the infamous hipster, yes, of which I am proudly one riding round in my black rim glasses there i am uh, spying on various vacant properties around town but uh, in the 2011 census 24.7 uh, percent of homes were fully owned in brunswick 25.1 percent are in the process of being purchased but 47 and a half 48 percent of all homes there are rented this uh, is interesting because what i'm really concerned about is this difference between capital gains, income taxes paid and rent paid. So uh, in Brunswick, the median priced home is $840,000 according to yourinvestmentpropertymag.com.au. Now this is the magazine I've talked about before. They, they have headings like the top 109 suburbs where you can buy for under $350,000. Educating all of those uh, new property uh, investors how to jump in and enjoy the capital growth of 8.2% for owning a property in Brunswick. Well, well, when you consider that you're earning some 2.25% in the bank or you can go and, um, and throw some money into the Great Housing Casino and and earn, uh, what was it, in capital gains uh, for uh, Brunswick, it was something like $65,000 uh, for last year. So if we go through it, we're assuming the median rent there was $420 a week, uh, which equates to about $22,000 rent per year. The median household income was $74,500. So they pay income taxes some $15,767. So uh, a reasonable amount of money uh, paid in income tax there. But what's interesting is when you compare the combination of income tax and the secret tax, the wealthy charge the poor, which is a slogan I haven't used for a while, but that's what our rent is. It's akin to a secret tax, the wealthy can charge the poor. A combination of those two in Brunswick adds up to $37,607. So 
So if you add the the $65,000 in capital gains there, wow, that's uh, $102,000 that uh, renters are basically paying or missing out on. That is incredible. Over $100,000 is the price of ignorance. Dare I say it. Well, that is why the topics we discuss here on The Renegade Economist are just so important because people aren't realizing that our income tax, our rent, and these this lost opportunity for capital gains, which is what renters are missing out on, like Duncan, that adds up to over $100,000 in Brunswick. And I feel like it's just beginning. They're going to keep pushing rents up. House prices are going to accelerate as the global commodification of real estate continues. And yeah, we will see if there will be a correction. But we've we've been talking about that for so long now. I've um, become a little tired of it and and believe, uh, unfortunately, that uh, the, the political ringmasters will come up with another policy bailout to ensure that uh, uh, this sort of story continues. So yeah, if you can you compare the capital gains a property owner is enjoying in Brunswick of $65,000, it's almost as much as two people are earning at $74,500 in Brunswick. So that is almost criminal that uh, these capital gains are barely taxed, but here we are working and uh, of course we're the ones paying, you know, the majority of uh, taxation uh, that pays for all the government services that, as Fred Harrison said, as we've so often said, makes the price of real estate we're trying to buy even more expensive. So how on earth do we get around it? That is the million-dollar question, isn't it? And I think as we... uh, move on in our um, suburban analysis, uh, we, we need to listen to a certain um, uh, internationally acclaimed Melbourne-based musician, Courtney Barnett, with her song De Preston. You said we should look out further, I guess it wouldn't hurt us. We don't have to be around all these coffee shops. Now we got that percolator Never made a latte greater I'm saving $23 a week We drive to a house in Preston We see police arresting A man with his hand in a bag
Yes, uh, in my Wednesday afternoon tour of uh, the Spruikathon Press, I was uh, delving into domain.com.au and there was uh, an article, Is Preston, a.k.a. Depreston, really Melbourne's most depressing suburb? And of course it was riffing off Courtney Barnett's uh, classic song there and talking about how uh, you don't need half a million as Courtney uh, sung there, you actually need... About $800,000 more if uh, it's going to be a a knockdown type home. So, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's just crazy. They they call these Californian bungalows uh, that are perfect knockdowns, Kelbungs, um, ranging between $1.1 and $1.4 million. So uh, is that rational where here in Victoria, uh, first homeowners now are being told to... uh, take out extraordinary first home owner loans uh, the, the price is uh, escalating year by year it was some $290,000 just three years ago and now it's up to $355,000 is the average first home buyer's mortgage so uh, it's just carnage when you consider you could have bought two houses for that price 20 years ago Sure, population has been increasing, but so has the uh, rate of property speculation, and it just has to be corrected. Because you look at Preston, and uh, again, you know, even though you're you're probably 12, 12 kilometers out of the city, uh, 
Uh, it doesn't really save you any money at all. And that's what's getting more and more frustrating is uh, that uh, even in regional towns, property investors have bought and sold so many times that it squeezed both prices and rents upwards uh, in the understanding that uh, those who are priced out of Preston have to move to Castlemaine. Well, Castlemaine prices are now more expensive than Sunshine. And in Sunshine, there's even million-dollar properties going there now. So uh, this is the law of rent in play. And it's, it essentially says that uh, uh, property investors will force the price of, uh, of land uh, up and up until uh, they claim every last red cent they can. And so if we have a look at Preston, this median price of some $790,000, there's about 30,000 people who live there and 35.9% of them are rent, um, paying a yearly rent of $20,400. So if you do the numbers that I've taught you a number of times on the show, you times that rent by 20 years, uh, that works out to $408,000 is, is the actual land value that w what houses should be uh, priced at. But uh, we've just heard that the median house price is $790,000, basically double what the rents can justify. Now, some out there might say, look, you can get a 25-year mortgage now, so maybe you should be timesing that by 25 years. Well, that still only brings up the uh, the land value to $510,000 there, not this $790,000. So we're well overpriced. You know we're um, overdue for a correction and very interesting seeing what's happening around the country. Things are certainly changing with the tightening of... Uh, foreign investment uh, loan uh, standards so that's important but back to de preston where many of you probably live uh, the median household income is sixty thousand dollars a year and so uh, uh, for that household their income tax would be some eleven thousand dollars a year if we look at uh, the capital gain in that area it's some seventy thousand dollars a year versus the rent paid of $20,000. So I have talked quite often about the relationship between rents and capital gains being more than triple, uh, capital gains being more than triple the rents, and that's why we have these speculative vacancies, uh, all these empty properties lying around, as more and more institutional investors, more and more foreign investors with different cultural standards uh, recognize that by keeping a few properties empty, it enforces scarcity, pushing uh, land prices, house prices uh, upwards. So let's compare the rent of $20,400 to the income tax of $11,000. So you're paying more in rent than you are in income taxes. But uh, how about if we compare the big one uh, the capital gains versus household income. And in Preston, you're earning more in capital gains than the average household is in income. It's $70,000 a year in capital gains versus household income of $60,000. How is that fair? We do the numbers. We find that there's about 4,300 households who are renting in Preston, and uh, they're, they've all... Uh, missed out on this $70,000 capital gain over the last year. So it's just horrendous how many million dollars that adds up to. 
And uh, so I get my calculator out. It's it's over $260 million. In fact, it's $300 million has been handed out from renters to property owners in the last year in one suburb, Preston, with 30,000 people living there. I hope that's not too depressing for you, but uh, essentially that is the price of two-dimensional economics. That is the corruption of our thinking that has sculpted debate away from the fact that people can earn money in their sleep and barely pay any tax on it and that uh, these people actually need negative gearing subsidies to continue on their important work, uh, whereas uh, those who are who are cleaning, those who are uh, uh, working in the police force, uh, health, education, all of us are doing the everyday work. We're the ones paying these income taxes. And unfortunately, uh, the the tax system ignores these immense capital gains. And uh, there was a report out today by Compass Housing talking about over the next four years, uh, the ignorance of these capital gains is going to cost the budget over a hundred billion dollars. So uh, more and more people are talking about the need to sculpt our tax system away from incomes and onto capital gains, but still it's seen as a, a, a political hot potato. But consider the fact that <clears throat> if we did capture those capital gains, you could pay zero income tax. Basically, the wealthy make most of their money in this field anyway, so uh, they can avoid paying their taxes through fancy accountants. So why not cut this whole game off at the pass and uh, uh, we the people build this huge movement that says, uh, just like uh, 100, 200 years ago, people accepted that uh, these aristocratic families have this huge advantage over anyone trying to run a business or earn a wage. So let's utilize the most efficient tax base land taxes and i'm at the stage now where uh, crunching numbers we could afford to double the pension we could afford uh, to provide incentives to those who want to adapt to this new system that would tax away foreign investment would tax away this incredible 525 billion dollar upkick in uh, land prices last year that saw, on average, every renter miss out by some $53,000 per household. So that is, unfortunately, the price of ignorance. And uh, I'd love to hear more feedback from you on these issues because uh, we've got building up the next new um, skirmish ground, and that is to continue on with this ridiculous inflation figure which ignores the land and housing bubble and uh, uh, try and cut interest rates even further so it makes it even easier to, to borrow money and invest in real estate so that it supposedly pushes down our exchange rate and is good for our export industry. Well, the main thing we're going to be exporting soon is our young people who are going to be leaving the country uh, concerned at this ridiculous price of living. All right, my name's Carl Fitzgerald. Get in touch via... Earth Sharing on Twitter or renegades at earthsharing.org.au. Thanks for the retweets, Daryl and others out there. I hope you can uh, support the show in the upcoming Radiothon. One, two, three, four, five, break down, baby.
Subscribe to your award-winning independent community radio, bringing you coverage of community issues and events. This is Peter Base Camp. Welcome to the Little Red Tulangi Treehouse.